If you've been around here for a while, you probably know that I love running. I ran cross country in high school and I have run semi-consistently ever since then. So when I first heard about Carrie Jo Bradley and her podcast titled Plucky Not Perfect, I immediately loved what she's all about. She's a health and running coach, and in her first episode, she acknowledges that even if you don't think you're a real runner, you still belong as part of her community. And that totally resonated with me. I'm excited to have her join us today to share about how technology has both negatively and positively impacted her fitness journey, her experiences with low body image and eating disorders, and her journey to becoming a coach that helps moms actually achieve their athletic goals. Do you ever find yourself turning to your phone without even thinking about it? Or do you get sucked into scrolling and regret not using that time for something else? You are not alone. I'm Alex, a screen time mentor for young moms, and I'm here to help you get a grip on your own screen time so you can be present, intentional, and live a more fulfilling life. Welcome to the Mindful with Media podcast. Welcome, Carrie. I'm so grateful that you would come be a guest on my show today. Will you go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit to my listeners? Well, thanks so much, Alex, for having me. I'm excited. Sure. I go by Coach Carrie online. I'm Carrie Joe Bradley. I live in Vancouver with my husband and two kids and two cats. And I host a Plucky Not Perfect podcast. This is so fun because I don't know you very well. So this is fun to get to know you a little bit more. Tell me a little bit about your background with running, kind of your experience with running. Yeah, I I grew up in Montana, a very rural area. So I would just run in the fields for fun when I was a little kid. And then my my friends convinced me to join the cross country team. And I've been running ever since. So 30 plus years of competitive running. I'm dating myself, but (laughs) so I've been running a long time. And it was only since moving to Canada from the States that I decided to get into coaching. Okay, cool. So tell us a little bit more about your podcast, what it's called and why you chose to name it that. Yeah. Plucky means determine courage. And I I think one of the reasons I wanted to start it is I think it's easy to look at people we admire, especially people we don't know that we see on social media and see them at the top of a mountain or at, like at the peak of their performance and compare and just think that their lives are perfect and that everything is going well and great. But it's only when you get to know their story and the obstacles they face and the things that they had to persevere through that you you realize their their lives are not perfect and therefore like that's more inspiring to me to see somebody who's overcome challenges and then than just somebody who has it easy and and so I just wanted to hear the stories of people who have persevered and what what it took to get to where they are and so that's the plucky part is just to keep going and that none of us are perfect. And so, yeah, just to hear people's stories and, and there's a few solo episodes in there too, but I really just wanted to inspire people to keep going that they don't have to have it all together before they start, that you don't have to be a certain weight or a certain height, or you don't have to be fast. You can just 
start <laughs> imperfectly. I think that's why I resonated so much when I first started listening to your podcast, because yeah, you talk about this, this idea of maybe you don't think you're a real runner. And when you said that, that's, that's how I felt like I ran cross country in high school and I was really into it then. But since then I've just kind of done things here and there. And so at first I was like, I don't know if I'm even like good enough to listen to a podcast like this, mm -hmm. but which is so ironic because your podcast is called Plucky Not Perfect, right? And I just think that's such a powerful truth and lesson and I guess just principle for any aspect of life to, mm -hmm. to be plucky and not perfect. I think anybody can relate to that, whether you're a runner or whether you're a, a mom or whether you're a podcaster or a business owner or anything you're doing. I think we can all relate to that that principle. Mm -hmm. I think our culture too kind of has this go big or go home kind of mentality. Like it has to be great in order to count. And everybody has to start somewhere. Everyone starts small. And and I don't know if you read the book Atomic Habits. We, you know, yeah. just those those small habits or just getting going sometimes is all we need. And then, you know, sometimes we need some encouragement to keep going once you get started. Yeah, that's the hard part, right? It's <laughs> like, those are the two hardest parts, starting and then keep going. <laughs> right. you, you've hit that that hard part. Yeah, I, I love that. I think that's so powerful. So I want to ask you just kind of more about your experiences with media and social media, and especially how those have played a role in your fitness journey and your experiences with running and coaching as well, I guess. So I want to start with kind of asking about your experience with Strava, and maybe you can first explain what Strava is to my listeners. Yeah. Well, I, I confess I am no Strava expert. It is a tool I use. It's a activity tracker, I guess. And there's many different activities that you can, you can track on there. It's kind of, it's a bit of social media in that you, you can follow people and see what other people are doing. There's also a community aspect, like you can join different groups that are on Strava. There's group challenges. There's like badges for motivation. You Like there's a 10K in May challenge. And then also it has other aspects. Like if you want to track the number of miles on your shoes or on a certain bike or whatever equipment you have, you can do that. Oh, that's yeah. cool. I didn't know that it did that. I'm like learning all these features. Yeah. I've only ever used it with like, I think I have like a few of my cousins and a few friends from high school and like, yeah, when I go running, I've actually stopped using it for a while, but when I used to use it, I would log my run and then I could see my other cousins or friends like if they ran. But this is cool. There's so many other features to it too. Yeah. And I I first started using it in in 2019, the year after I moved to Canada, one of my running friends came to visit and we went out for a run and she checked her Strava and she was using it to see if she was the, the fastest person on this route. And, and I was kind of intrigued. You could see all the other people that had run on that, that day. And, and so she said, yeah, you should use it. It's a good way to meet other runners. Cause I had just moved here. I was kind of lonely and I didn't have my yeah. running community. 
And so that's why I initially kind of logged on and got in into it. But like if I found somebody who had done a, the similar run, there was no way necessarily to, to connect with that particular person. Do you know mm. what I'm saying? So, yeah. but I did like join some like a marathon group, but still I wasn't finding those in-person connections that I was looking for through the app. And that, and it just became more of a sense of competition for me. Like, oh, this person's doing it faster than me. I'm, you know, and then another drawback was like trying to run faster than I should. Like if I have an easy mm -hmm. run on the schedule, like running faster so that it looks good for uh, other people to see, you know, even so, though it's supposed to be an easy run, it was right. becoming, everything was a race. Yeah. So I stopped using it for a, a while and then it wasn't until I started coaching. I, that's how I was tracking my athletes initially. So I would see what they were doing. And, and then I figured, well, they want to connect with me on the app, so I should be using it as well. So, yeah. And then also when I, I found a coach for myself and I was following their workouts, that helped me on Strava just know that if I have a workout I'm supposed to do that's assigned by my coach and I'm supposed to run slow, that helped me on Strava be like, well, it does it doesn't matter if I'm running slow because I'm supposed to be running slow. I was like validated by your coach. Like, no, this is yeah. what my coach told me to do. Yeah. You kind of already touched on this, but what changed so that you can now start using Strava again to help it be a positive impact on your running and your fitness journey? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think just, well, first of all, just checking my ego at the door and knowing my why. I run mostly to connect with myself, connect with God, connect with nature. And it's not so much about the performance necessarily. Like I run for many reasons, but a big part of it is mental and physical health. And so impressing people is not why I'm running. So just keeping that <laughs> That's in like detrimental to your mental and physical health, right? Like exactly. it's the opposite. I think that's so powerful to like check in with yourself. I mean, I think that can apply to any aspect of, well, really any part of life, but, you know, with whatever media you're using, what's your why behind this? What's your why behind what you do? And then keep coming back to where your worth is coming from. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Any other thoughts on that? Yeah, I guess just for anyone who also struggles with comparison. I don't think it has to be all or nothing. Either you use Strava or you don't. Mm. I think just notice your thoughts, like notice if you're using it as a tool for comparison or a tool for encouragement. I guess that's the other thing I, I noticed in that shift is if I'm using it as a coach, I'm using it to encourage other people and to support mm. their efforts. And it's not so much about me. It's like I'm I'm looking at what they're doing and how can I give, you know, you can give kudos and it's kind of like a like. And so how can I be encouraging and not just focused on myself? Yeah, I love that. That's really cool. And then also, so I track most of my runs on there, but I, you can also track any sport and I do triathlons, but I don't track my swims, my strength training. So I, I can have a 
little bit of more sense of control. Like, well, I don't have to share everything mm. on there. And also I, there's different levels of privacy. So I have my account as private. So you have to request to follow me. And so an, another tip for anyone who struggles with comparing is to try a naked run. It's called just using no technology, you know, go mm. out for a run without your watch, without your phone. And, and that can help you again, just connect with your why, why am I doing this? And it's not about the numbers. It's not about impressing people. That is so healthy. I know that that's something that I've kind of had to work through, you know, in high school, I was a lot faster than I am now. Mm -hmm. And I've gone through back and forth of like, oh, well, like, I don't really care. I just run for fun. But then it's like, no, I do still want to be motivated and still push myself, even though those times are different than when I was in high school. So I love that idea of just like leaving my things at home and then just feeling like what pushes my body in a way that feels good instead of just what does my watch say? Like, how fast am I going? What are my mile times? I think I love that you call it a naked run. Mm -hmm. just, yeah, that's so healthy. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with being competitive. I, I'm a competitive person. I, I, I just try and not have my running be all about competing with other people you know like I, mm. I train for races and I want to do well and I want to have good times and improve my times I think that's yeah. all good, but it's just not all that's not what I, I'm all about yes I think that's so healthy to have the, that's just a piece of it like competitiveness in itself isn't bad it's just becomes the problem if that's your sole focus and that's the only thing you care about mm-hmm I love that. Would you be willing to share a little bit about your experiences with body image and eating disorders? Yeah, I was thinking about it this morning. Actually, when I struggled the most was actually before social media. It was like, and again, I'm feeling old here, but when I was in high school, <laughs> there was no social media. So I think the just the perception that thinner is always better was really portrayed in the media, the traditional media and, yeah. and culture. And so I think for today's girls, we often point to social media as the evil thing that girls, women and men also compare their bodies to other people on social media. But Actually, when I was a teenager and early adulthood, I I would look in magazines and, and on TV and, and see thin women, and, and that was the ideal. And I think since then, I've, I mean, I've done a lot of healing, but a, a lot of it was just that I felt like I had to be thin, pretty, perfect to be, to be loved, to be worthy. And so... A lot of the healing just had to do with getting that perspective shifted. I think it's more common than any of us realize. Like, I think especially in the runner world, I know that many of my fellow athletes, like the other girls on my team, struggled with eating disorders. And 
I definitely had disordered eating, but it was in the name of healthy. It was in the name of running. Like I thought it was good. And then thankfully my mom was very aware and was like, this, this isn't healthy. And I think, like you say, you have to do a lot of inner work to realize where your value and your worth comes from. And it doesn't come from how fast you are at running. It doesn't come from the shape of your body. It doesn't come from what you eat or what you don't eat. Mm. Anyways, mm. And, and that's interesting, though, kind of what you were bringing up, how social media or not, these are challenges. And yeah, social media can feed that cycle and make it worse those thoughts but it doesn't have to like it it is just one one piece of the picture it also can do the opposite it can also help you right and i think that's what i i try and curate my feed and so so that i i'm seeing a variety of bodies and that even people in bigger bodies can do amazing things i just had or I had a guest on my podcast, Sandra McCulick. She often says in, on her post that she, she runs in a 260-pound body and she's done a 5K a day for five years. And um, she's done six marathons. And so um, she's just a great example of, of perseverance. And it's like your body can do amazing things and it doesn't have to be tiny. And, yeah. um, and so... Yeah, just getting those examples of people who are amazing and they they don't have to be tiny and small and thin to to do that. So you're very intentional about following those types of people. Right. I try and follow a variety of different people, but I, I also know that I just try and pay attention to how I'm how I'm feeling after I look at a a, a post, a person's page, if if there's only pictures of them in in their amazing looking body, <laughs> I'm not very likely to follow. Or if I maybe there's a variety of pictures and videos and they but I just get this feeling that I'm not good enough after looking at that, then I will not mm. not follow. So I think there's like I don't have any rules about who I do and don't follow. Yeah. I and just like notice if that's helping my thoughts or if if it's hindering them yeah just paying attention like how do I feel and that's something I think I follow very few fitness accounts and I think it's because of that like maybe I do still have some work to do on you know my body and body shapes and sizes I think I do still have probably some inner work to do for myself on that and I mm -hmm. think because of that I'm hesitant to follow anybody in the fitness world mm. because it's mostly you see people who are working out a lot and you see lots of pictures of their bodies and mm -hmm. anyways that I think that's I really good advice to just pay attention to how you're feeling and what thoughts you're having and is that helping you or is that hurting you I, I guess that can be applied to anything right how any account makes you feel or right what thoughts it inspires mm -hmm. love that Let's see. Is there anything else? I feel like we've kind of gone through each of the questions. Is there anything else that's coming up that you want to touch on today? I guess in regard to like technology and, and fitness, I love your perspective on your podcast that 
our screens can be used for good as well. There's been several different apps and and things that have helped in my fitness journey that that I don't always use on my runs, but that I sometimes use that are helpful, like the Nike Run Club app. There's like guided runs cool. and Peloton also has the same thing. Wait, Nike Run Club and Peloton, those were the two apps? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll have to check those out. Mm-hmm. And they can like, basically it just tells you like, go faster, go slower, things like that, or like... or. So it's just like, if you're running by yourself, it's kind of like running with someone, you know, they're saying, focus on this right now. And, you know, it's like, okay, cool. And then having like a, a coach, but like yeah, just on yeah, your phone. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. I will definitely have to check that out, which I want to kind of hear more about your journey to becoming a coach and then like your ch- coaching experiences. Yeah. Well, I think just like with eating issues and social media comparison has been a big part of my journey and I think when I was considering becoming a coach I think it took me so long because I was comparing myself like like for my running friends I gravitate toward people that are faster than me and like, so uh, I I I tend to think well all my friends they're so much better than me and the, you know they could be coaches but I shouldn't you know I'm not qualified uh, to be a coach and so, yeah, like I said, when I moved to Canada, I, I was a massage therapist in the U.S. And mm-hmm. the licensing doesn't transfer. Oh, yeah. I would have had to go back to school. And so that and then I couldn't work for a year while I got my permanent residency. Yeah. Oh, so, okay, cool. <laughs> so, yeah, it was kind of like, well, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? And so I've done so many different things from my degrees in journalism I've been in the military. I've been an editor. I'm then a massage therapist. (laughs) Um, Those really are such drastically different things. Like Like my my interests have always been in health. So during the pandemic, I realized I wanted to work like my own hours. I didn't have to get childcare. So I got certified to teach spinning. Okay, cool. And then I got my health coaching certification and wasn't really sure what to do with that. So then that just kind of led like, you know, niching down. I like, yeah, yeah, I love running. I've been doing it for so long. Why couldn't I help people with running? So So you uh, specifically coach runners? I do runners. And now I got hired by a swimming coach for assisting open water swimming and okay, cool. now he's teaching me how to coach swimming in the pool as well for adults. So Okay. So and I'm getting certified to coach triathlon as well. Okay, so you coach like individuals, typically adults with running and now swimming and triathlons. Yep. So what does that look like like to work with you? For my one-on-one clients, I kind of have more of a life coaching style. We meet one-on-one. A lot of my clients initially were far away. So we would meet online, talk for 30 minutes. And I think a lot of the roadblocks for running, it's not just about following the plan and doing the work. It's how you're feeling about doing the work, you know, like the, the things that come up that are not really about the physicality it's the mindset so well I mean even things we've talked about today in this episode of like where does your worth come from and 
comparing yourself to other runners and like eating and how much that plays a role and body mm-hmm. image. I mean, I think those are just tiny aspects, but like you say, I think anything can come up in that journey. Mm-hmm. So do you help your clients like come up with a fitness plan as well and do like talking sessions? Yeah, right now my my main package is like 12 weeks. And so if somebody has a specific goal, I'll write the training plan for them. And then we meet once a week just for accountability and, and talking through things. But cool. I, I do also okay. have some longer term clients that aren't just the 12 weeks. But that's kind of like your bread and butter is like 12 weeks and you help them, whatever that fitness goal is, mm-hmm. help them through that and then meet weekly. So it doesn't have to be in person. It can be virtually anywhere. Mm-hmm. That is so cool. Because honestly, I didn't even know that was a thing that you could have a running coach outside of my high school running coach. Like, <laughs> This is such a fascinating concept and so needed, right? Mm. That, And I just think that's so cool that you combine both of those aspects, the running aspect of it and swimming or triathlons or whatever it is, like the the fitness goals and these other things that come up in that process. And like, that's the whole package. That's what people want, right? Is like Mm -hmm. physical and mental health Mm -hmm. all together. What a dream job and how much people need you. (laughs) Yeah, I think for a long time, I thought, I just didn't believe that being a coach was a real job. Like, like, people actually do it. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Entrepreneurship is such a personal development journey and just like getting rid of all those limiting beliefs. And Oh my goodness. Yes. I, I could not agree more with that. That's another thing that you figure out deep down. Okay. Like, why am I doing this? What do I want from this? And things come up of what people will think about you. And yeah, will people think this is a real job? Will people actually pay for this? But it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, just working through that is, it's a lot. Any last thoughts for my listeners today? I think I would just recommend to people to be mindful of, of their media, if you run or not, that it can be an excellent tool to help encourage others, encourage yourself, stay motivated. But if it's causing you harm, then find a way to either try something else or try it in a different way. And whether you're a runner or not, (laughs) I think all people could benefit from being plucky. Don't need to compare yourself to anyone else. Just find out what you love to do and get started and find a way to keep going. I love that. And can you remind me the definition one more time of what plucky means? Plucky is determined courage. Determined courage. Okay. And it's plucky, not perfect. What a good motto for life. (laughs) Plucky, not perfect. (laughs) That's so powerful. And where can my listeners find you? The podcast is on Spotify and Apple Music. And you can find me at Carrie Jo Bradley. Um, mostly hang out on Instagram and that's my website as well, carriejoebradley.com. Okay, perfect. So carriejoebradley.com, Carrie Jo Bradley on Instagram, and then your podcast is called Plucky Not Perfect on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. which I think that like then distributes it to lots of others, right? Yeah. 
So virtually anywhere you listen to a podcast, <laughs> yep. you can find it. Great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your vulnerability and also your wisdom. I, I really resonate with what you teach. So thank you so much. Thank you. I believe we should stop focusing on the negative aspects of screens and start using them as tools to support our values. We are the first generation learning to navigate this media-saturated society, and it is not easy. You don't have to be perfect, but as you are mindful, technology can be a tool to help you thrive. We are in this together as we figure out how to live a present, intentional life in this world consumed by screens. If you appreciated this podcast, would you make sure to leave a review and subscribe? I'm so glad you could be here today, and I'll see you next week.